Father, we come before you this morning in prayer. And Lord, we just want to ask that you take each part of this service and be glorified in it. We pray that we would be able to sing the remaining hymns with everything that is in us to worship to the Most High God. Lord, I pray that this morning as I try to bring a message from the Bible, that it would not be my message, but your message, Lord, and that you would give the ability to deliver it in a way that would help to hear and to understand your word. Lord, we pray for the time of invitation, that we would simply surrender to you what is already yours. Lord, you own everything. Everything we have is a gift from you. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to live in that light. We pray that you'd bless the offering each part of this service to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn in our Bibles to the book of Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk. How many of you listen to the news and what is going on in our world today? I mean, you actually are trying to figure out and listen to what they say. How many do that? And uh, how many of you are scared to death about what you're hearing? How many of you don't even need to hear it to be scared to death? Amen. And uh, uh, we live in a world where a lot is going on and it seems like every time we turn around, there's another uh, 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 something being leveled at Bible-believing Christians. It seems that any uh, religion you can have is okay as long as it doesn't have to deal with this book. I mean, once you get there, you're, you're basically going to be ridiculed and other things like that. But, you know, that has never really been topical for the true Christian. Because we're not part of the world. We're not supposed to be part of the world. Our, our allegiances and our loyalties uh, are not here. There's nothing wrong. Uh, some have taught over the years that it's against God's word to serve in the military and things. And, and fortunately for this country, that has not been the case. You can be a Christian. And... Yet, the answer to all of this is not uh, uh, in electing a quote-unquote Christian president. We've had several of those. Uh, The first one that really made a big deal of his Christianity was Jimmy Carter, uh, if you're old enough to remember him. And that wasn't all that he fibbed about either, now was it? Uh, I mean, he may have taught a Sunday school class, but... I would have hated to have been in it uh, if his politics was as shallow as, I mean, if his Bible was as shallow as his politics. You didn't learn much, let me tell you that. But here is the answer in a day that everything seems to be going wrong and we have all of these things swirling about us. We come here to the book of Habakkuk, that unpronounceable prophet, and He has been given a vision in verse 1 of chapter 2. It says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered and said 
write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. Doesn't that sound like good advice today? I mean, if you really understand what's going on, you might want to just run the opposite direction. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Verse 4. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Now, that's one of those super phrases. You'll find that in your Bible four times. The first one is here in the book of Habakkuk. And Habakkuk adds that personal pronoun in there. The just shall live by his faith. And he's not saying that the faith comes from you. That would be in contradiction of clear teaching of Scripture. What he is denoting here is there needs to be an ownership there. There needs to be a connection. That faith needs to not only be something we talk about, it needs to be a possession. You know, it's easy to live uh, when I'm on the camp. Uh, let me finish the sentence and then I'll explain it. It's easy to live as a Christian like on the campus at Heartland Baptist Bible College. You know why? Because everybody is putting their best foot forward. Do you know why? Because they have these mean people on campus called RAs. And they run around and they give you demerits and hours if you break any one of the 4,323.72 laws on the rule books, right? Uh, We don't know how many rules there are, but there's a lot of them at Heartland. And there should be. Because it's a place where you're preparing for the ministry. Amen? You know what? It's easy to be a Christian on Sunday morning, isn't it? Get dressed up right. Show up at the right place. Say amen at the right times. But the Bible says, the just shall live by his faith. Is it? Personal? Is it yours? Is it something that you can hold on to? Now, we know that faith is something we cannot see. In fact, the world mocks us and says, oh, all you have is blind faith. Let me tell you something. True faith is never blind. Because faith cometh how? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I'll tell you where the blind faith is. When we were, when I was working with Brother Clayton, we would sometimes do survey work where we'd just go out and knock on doors and ask a series of questions trying to uh, see uh, where people were and, and if the Lord would give us an opportunity to have a conversation with them about the gospel and those things. And one of the questions we would often ask is, is uh, do, you, do you believe in, in a coming world catastrophe or do you think man is going to solve his problems? And I'll tell you what, the answer to that question was quite telling. You know what most people said? We were in Fargo, North Dakota. It was uh, 1987, uh, the month of April, and we were trying to help a church get started up there. And 
And so we were knocking doors 10 hours a day, six days a week, and in church on Sunday where we belong, trying to help that church get a, a, a jump start. And the vast majority of people said this, you know, I think we're going to fix it. You know what? That's, that's what they say in Congress today. We're going to fix it. How many of you glad that Congress does not have power to fix plumbing in your house? I mean, that, that would be a terrible thing. But they're going to fix health care, aren't they? Well, they have. It's, it's fixed. But it's not going to help you. But anyway, it says here, the just shall live by faith. In the book of Habakkuk, the first part of this, it's a contradiction here. It's a, it's a comparison, a contrast. It says, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. What happens when we lift ourselves up? Does anybody know the simple word? Pride. Do you know that pride is the greatest sin in the Bible? And yet, if you look at it, it's the one we fight the most. In fact, pride is connected to the first two commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's what pride is. It's putting something in front of God. Me. Or some other person. It, it's saying, it's okay to disobey God so that I can fill in the blank. Whatever excuse you want to give, that's the second commandment. I should not make unto thee any graven images. We should not give homage and, and respect to anything, anyone but God. Can we say amen to that? And, and right here, Habakkuk, as he has been given this prophecy, he's going to go on and say a lot of things, but, uh, and we're not going to take time because, uh, to build all of that up, because we just want to look at this one phrase this morning, the just shall live by faith. And Habakkuk qualifies that just a little more than the other three passages where it's found. And it says, His faith. Do you know that if you want to combat pride in your life, faith is the answer. Faith is the anti-pride pill. It is the only solution. Because what is faith? The working definition I like, I heard this while I was a student in Bible college. The working definition of faith is believing God's Word to the point of obedience. It's simply taking what the Bible says and believing it enough to do it. How many of you got saved that way? Could I challenge you if you got saved any other way? It's not Bible salvation. Because the only way that you can get saved is by stopping trusting yourself and the saints. Now, I'm a pastor. But don't trust me for your salvation. I didn't die on the cross for you. I have to have my sins taken away by Jesus Christ. How in the world am I going to help you with yours? 
Let me tell you something. Only Jesus can take away our sins. Amen? You can't put faith in people. You can't put faith in churches. In fact, you cannot be a member of this church until after you solve the issue of salvation. And we'll come back to that in a few moments as we look at this phrase, the just shall live by faith. But pride is the thing that hinders us. Pride is what derails us. Pride is the thing that makes us walk along and think everything is okay, only to fall on our face in a royal mess. How many of you have ever had that happen? You don't have to raise your hand. If you're a human being, you've had it happen. What's it saying? Pride cometh before a fall. That's what Solomon said. And he certainly fell. He knew whereof what he was speaking, did he not? And that's not a good thing. But here it says that if your heart is lifted up within you, that's not right. It says, but the just shall live by his faith. The next place it's found in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, let's, let's turn in our Bibles there. I want you to look at this one. And, and as I was preparing this message, I thought I might spend the whole morning just on Romans 1, 17, but... Uh, I'd like for us to look at the big picture here. It says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. And the context of that passage, what he's talking about, the therein is the gospel message. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. To faith. Now, if you have a bunch of time to waste, and I put emphasis on waste. Now, I don't have it. I hope you don't either. But you ought to just read all the commentaries and what they say on faith to faith. Wow, they just go crazy on this. We really don't know what that means, but we have an idea. Wait a minute. What is faith? It's believing God's Word, isn't it? So how does faith lead to faith? Well, you see, it's very simple. God's not going to give you step two until you take care of step one. You know what we like to do? We like to get saved and then go to step 45. I'm a mature Christian. Oh, wait a minute. We just got done with that in Habakkuk. If your heart is lifted up, the answer is the just shall live by his faith. It says that if we're going to have, if we're going to understand the righteousness of God. There, there are people I've met over the years that said, Pastor, I can't get saved because I can't believe in a God that made a place called hell. I said, Really? I said, what kind of God would it be that would just leave everyone going to heaven no matter what they did? And the answer was, that's my kind of God. I said, so you want to go to heaven with Adolf Hitler, right? 
Oh, no, no, he was a horrible man. Well, wait a minute. Haven't you sinned too? You know why God made a place called hell? Because he wanted us to understand how serious he is about hating sin. That's why we put it is finished up there. When Jesus died on the cross, just before he died, the last thing he said was, Father, into thy hand I commend my spirit. But before that, what did he say? It is finished. In the Hebrew, one word. To tell us die. I don't know if I, how my Hebrew enunciation is, but that's what it looks like, and so that's how I'll say it. Jesus said it's finished. It is done. You see, you have to get saved by faith. Amen? But if you're going to grow, you're going to need faith. You've got, you live for Christ the same way you got saved. That's why the righteousness of God is revealed when we put our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And now, if you want to live for God, you need to do that every day. Do you think that's why Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you need to... Deny yourself and take up your cross. What was the word Luke put in there? How many remember? Daily? Yeah. Does that sound like faith? Growing faith? I mean, that principle works in everything that, that it, it's echoed in all of nature. Life does not come from death. Life only comes from life. Isn't that true? Man has tried century uh, upon century to try to create life. If you read the textbooks today on how life began uh, on earth, uh, the evolutionary scientific textbooks, the best man has to offer... Somewhere you're going to come along this primordial pool of ooze uh, that was basically struck by lightning and somehow life came into that little pool. Now, do you know where that came from? Can we just be plain? There's only one place I know where something dead struck by lightning came to life. And that's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein novels. Now, if you really want to believe that and call yourself a scientist, be my guest. But that's not true. By the way, the scientific experiments that were supposed to prove that all, it's all a hoax. It was all done in a methane atmosphere because oxygen kills one-celled organisms. It's all fake. You say, well, if it's all fake, why do they say it's true? Because they don't have anything better. That's why. 
I remember the one guy saying, you just, you, you Christians, you're ridiculous. You just plug God in and anything can happen. Amen. How many say amen to that? Uh, I, I just do. I just plug God and he said, let there be light and there was light. Let there be life and there was life. Life begets life. Faith begets faith. And if you're going to live by faith, you've got to start with faith. And by the way, that faith doesn't come from you. It's the answer to pride. It's the answer to growth in the spiritual life. Every bit of religion is about this. It's about making yourself more pleasing to, or depending on the religion, to become a god. Now, God says that doesn't work. Because there's nothing in you that pleases me because you are tainted. You are destroyed by sin. You are dead. That's why the Bible calls it being born again. You're born again by faith. And that faith should lead to more faith. And that is described in the statement that just shall live by faith. It's the answer to the quandary of how I'm supposed to grow spiritually. Don't ever get over getting saved. Let me try that again. Don't ever get over the day you got saved. That was pitiful. How many of you lost your salvation over Christmas holiday? Praise God, you can't lose it. But let me tell you something. You go back, and the way you got saved, is the way you live for Christ. And it will make you grow. You won't have a choice. Let's look at the next place. Is Galatians chapter 3. Just several books over. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. It says, Galatians three eleven. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident... For the just shall live by faith. Do you get what the Paul is saying here? He's saying that it's evident, it's absolutely plain that you cannot be justified by the law because the just shall live by faith. That's what the Bible says. You see, sometimes we are practical Pelagianists. How many of you like big words? There's a fellow named Pelagius, and he came up with a brand new understanding of the Bible. It wasn't new. Went all the way back to Cain in the Garden of Eden. I mean, Cain just outside the Garden of Eden. He said, man has to be saved by works. Most religions have a work heart installed in them. And most people read this phrase, the just shall live by faith, as the faithful will be justified. That's turning it inside out, my friend. You cannot live by faith until you're just first. We'll we'll do that in a minute. But you see, faith is the answer to sin. 
If you're going to live by faith, you've got to be just first. How many people know how many just people there are in this world? It's only one. And that's God. He's the only just one. It says the just shall live by faith. You cannot be justified by the law because if you're going to live by faith, you have to be just first. It's not a process. Salvation is not something you work at. It's something you either have or you don't. It's just like, that's why Jesus called it being born again. Either either you're alive or you're dead. But you're not both. You say, well, pastor, what about being half dead? Uh, You're still alive. You're alive until that moment death comes. And I've had many people over the years say, Pastor, what do you believe about near-death experience? I said, you just said it. And they look at me and say, Oh, near-death. Yeah, I said, sometimes people get awful close. They get so close that we can't even tell the difference. But I will tell you this. I used to work in a nursing home. And some of those people that I took care of, it took years, months. I mean, they had been in the nursing home years before I got there. It took a long time to die. They spent a long time between life and death. But let me tell you something. When death finally walked in that room and claimed its victim, there was no questioning what was going on. Something happens. If you're alive in Jesus Christ today, you need to live by faith. You cannot take care of your sin problem. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Amen? You cannot be progressively justified. You must be just. And the last one is in the book of Hebrews. And this is one, as so much in the book of Hebrews does, if you do not put Hebrews in the context of the entire Bible you will be confused by the book of Hebrews and you will find great error. I like to call Hebrews God's switchboard. It's where all the connections are made in your Bible. Without the book of Hebrews, so much of our Bible would be a mystery. How many of you have ever seen a picture or or the old switchboards where the lady just sat there and literally had to pull out the wire and plug it in to connect the phone call? Well, that's what the book of Hebrews is. All of the connections in your entire Bible are there, and if you will make them, you understand what God's plan and what His scope and what His direction is for your life. In verse 38 of Hebrews chapter 11, I mean 10 here, just before we get into the great chapter of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Now the just shall live by faith, But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. 
But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, people would like to read that and read in there that, that you have the opportunity to leave your faith in God. Well, let's look at this phrase here. You see, it says, the just. Could I challenge you, you cannot be saved, you cannot be just and not be saved. You, you have to be saved to start this phrase. And so what the, the writer of Hebrews is trying to do here is to help you understand something. That if you're saved, you're going to continue in faith till you get to heaven. Does that mean you'll be perfect? No, that's not what the Bible says. Does that mean that you will do everything just right and, and, and that you'll get everything you wanted for Christmas without having to go out to the store and buy it on the next day? Uh, no. That's not what it's talking about at all. What it's talking about is that if you are going to get saved, if you're going to be just, you're going to live by faith. And you have a promise of God's grace to keep you serving Him. If there's any failure, it's not God. Amen? I don't know about you, but that's comforting to me. Because I mess up. I make mistakes. But I'm not saved because of my perfection and what I do. I'm saved because of what Jesus has done. And, and I'm not a Christian because of what I do and how I live. I'm supposed to live as a Christian because I am a Christian by the power of God. And so, these are the four places where this phrase is found. Uh, the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk says his faith. And, and we dealt with that. And so, I want us to take a few moments and just go through that phrase. The just. You know what? There's a whole lot of things in this world that are unjust. Is there not? And, and in our degeneration of language and society and ethics and morals and everything else that we see literally falling down around us, we have taken the word just and removed it from English vocabulary and replaced it with another word, fair. Let me tell you, fair is a four-letter word. It belongs with the other profane words in the English language. It's a dirty word. Everybody, that's not fair. Well, sure, it's not fair. You're five years old. Your brother's seven years old. And you're not going to win in a wrestling match. It's not fair. Get over it. You may be his big brother yet someday. But, I mean, what is fair? 
We try to make things fair and we get mad when, when one team in a sports event beats up on another team and, and, and starts just racking up the points. That, that's not the way it ought to be. Let me tell you something. I'm not for meanness, but I'm not for fairness. Communism is the great teacher of what fairness is. You see, everybody cannot be rich, so under communism, everybody is in poverty. Isn't that true? Because you get the same thing, you live in the same kind of house, everything is regulated. But those of you that lived under communism, was communism ever fair? Absolutely not. It only pretended to be. Because party members didn't live like that. You see, we need to get rid of this idea of fairness and understand what just means. It was Job in response to his friends that said, I know it is of a truth, but how shall man be just with God? Job was trying to answer his friends and and Job was just throwing up his hands and, and saying, Listen, you're accusing me of being a sinner, and, and, and I'm a sinner. But God didn't do all of these things to me because of my sin. Remember the book of Job. See, God is not some big meanie sitting in heaven just trying to destroy you or take away your joy or rob you of the best things that life has to give. Jesus said, listen, I've come to give you what? Life. And that life more abundantly. I refer to this verse often, but Psalm 119, verse 89, he says, I find thy commandment exceedingly broad. He says, as I confine myself by the commandments of God, as I straighten my life, I find out I have more room to move and more freedom than I ever had. Do you understand why God says sin is sin? Because it will kill you. If you will obey God's commands, you can be just. Romans chapter 8, and we'll read some verses there in a moment. But who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. How many places through the Bible does God tell us not to judge one another? Because God is the judge. But let me tell you something. That doesn't mean that we don't take this book and call sin, sin. Because when we're agreeing with the Bible, who's doing the judging? God is, isn't he? You know, the worst thing about cigarettes is not what it does to you. It's not the second-hand smoke that kills your neighbor 300 feet away. Give me a break. You know what the worst thing about cigarettes is? If you want to be a Christian, it gives Jesus a dirty name. That's what's terrible about him. Isn't it? Hello? You see, it says, 
the just. How can I tell somebody I'm just when I'm doing things that deny that truth? If I don't have the right spirit, if I don't show Jesus Christ, it is God that makes me just. In fact, you cannot live by faith until you are just. It is God that makes me just. Nothing is fair about it. That's the problem with Calvinism is it tries to explain God. You don't explain God. God did not have a cosmic bingo game where He picked the few that get saved and condemns everyone else to hell. Otherwise, this Bible is meaningless because it says whosoever will. You see, when you get saved, God makes you just. He justifies you just as if you had never sinned. And yet, when we do something wrong, what is our first response? Well, let me do something right to pay for the wrong. That's, that's orthodoxy or Catholicism, really, is what that is. Penance is their word. That's not a word that's in the Bible. God does not want your deeds to pay for your sins because Jesus already paid for them. Can we say amen to that? It says the just. Let me ask you a question. Are you saved today? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Then you're just. It says shall live. I don't want to go too far down this pathway here, but... There's an awful lot about vampires and the living dead and zombie apocalypse and all, all this kind of craziness. I don't know what this fascination with living dead things is. I'll tell you, if you want to understand where the real living dead are, it's people who have no joy, no peace, no purpose, no direction. Our mental institutions are just chock full of people to the point to where years ago they had to pass laws to put them out on the street. You see, Jesus said He's come to give us life and that life more abundantly. He's come to give us joy that your joy may be full, First John wrote as we're going through the book of First John on Sunday nights. We just finished the book of Galatians. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of that belongs to the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I do not frustrate the law. Because grace didn't come by the law. Grace came by Jesus. You see, God wants us to live. 
He wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to have peace. And and the things that the world so desperately desires, uh, they think they're going to get it by getting a new car. Do you want me to tell you what you get with a new car? A new payment book and higher insurance. I'll settle for an older one. How about you? Uh... It doesn't, those, the things of this world do not bring peace. We live in a world that's controlled by fear, but here's what Jesus said. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Who is Jesus talking about? Himself. He's the one that has that power and no other person. You fear Jesus and you won't have to be afraid of anybody else. But how many times do we say, well, I don't want to offend my friend, so I'll offend Jesus and ask him to forgive me. That's not life. That's slavery. Freedom is being willing and able to obey Jesus no matter what goes on in this world. You see, the just shall live. I texted my brother. He sent me a picture. said, Merry Christmas. And uh, I think it was the saddest face I've ever seen on him. It must have been late at night or something, but he just took a picture and sent it to me. And so uh, I sent him back uh, a picture uh, that we took Thursday night after the Christmas Eve service with all the kids and everybody sitting on the platform. And and he sent me back a text that says, uh, uh, happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. And uh, I'll I'll tell you what, uh, my quiver is full and I'm happy about it. I, I love carrying around the little granddaughters and and grandchildren. They're, they're so much more fun than the, the real ones were. Because when something goes wrong, you just give them back to the mom and say, here you go. When they're yours, you've got to take care of them. Well, that's what Brother Clayton told me anyway. But, uh, no, I enjoy all that taking care of the little ones. That's so much fun. You know why? Because it's life. It's a promise of that next generation. It's seeing something continue that matters. I got another daughter that wants to change her last name. I just haven't figured that out. I thought Montoro was the greatest name there ever was. No. Uh, No, I'm happy for her. I really am. Because I want to see her live a life and serve the Lord. You see, the just shall live. But how do we do that? By faith. In 1982, in June of 1982, all of the planets were going to be in a straight line from the sun and the universe was going to pull itself apart. How many of you are old enough to remember that? Okay. You see... The reason I remember that is because June of 1982 had a special significance in my life. I was graduating high school. 
And they told us, none of you guys are going to have any life. The world's going to end in June. And I said, as long as the world's saying the world's going to end, I know it's not going to end. Uh, because the Bible says Jesus is going to come back as a thief in the night. If you're expecting it, not going to happen. 1988. How many of you remember 88 reasons why Jesus will return in 1988? And I even had pastors say, say, why are you worried about this getting married thing? Jesus is coming back next month. That was over 27 years ago and 12 kids ago. You know what? I'm glad I didn't listen to them and I lived. How about you? You see, the just shall live by faith. Faith is a very simple thing. It's so simple that a little child can get it. You know where we have problems with faith? If we have problems with faith, because we have problems with pride, that was the Bacchus passage. We have problems growing up. How many of you had problems growing up? If you grew up, you had problems. Trust me. If you're so blind that you didn't see them, let me pop that bubble today and let you know that you did have problems because you grew up. Amen? Well, faith is the answer. It's what will make you grow. How many of you have struggled over things that you did that Maybe someone else wouldn't forgive you for Maybe you wouldn't forgive yourself for You know what all that is? It's just another term for pride. You've got to find forgiveness in Jesus Christ. You have to be just before you can live by faith. You don't become just by living by faith. That's not Bible. The just shall live by faith. And the book of Hebrews says, I've got a promise of the future because my salvation and my faith is not dependent upon me. It's dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in His Word. If you're saved today, you're saved by faith. Amen? If you're living today as a saved person, you ought to be living by faith. You know what faith says? Yes to the Word of God. You know what faith says? No to the world. Faith says that I will follow the Word of God. Does it make sense to get up early on Sunday morning, arguably the only morning you're allowed to sleep in and nobody's going to bother you, and come to church and listen to people yell at you for 45, 50 minutes, sometimes an hour if they go too long, and and then come back Sunday night and do it again, and bring money with you, and all of these. Does that make any sense to anybody? It's not supposed to make sense. I do it because the Bible tells me to. It's called faith. And the greatest things in my life are attached to faith. 
I remember when my little daughter Sarah was born. Well, not quite yet born. We didn't have any health insurance, and we were just wondering what in the world we were going to do. And we talked to some people in our church, and they said, oh, yeah, go right here. And we went and asked questions and asked questions, and finally they set us down, and here was a social worker. And I said, we've been asking if this is a government program. We don't want government help. And said, well, who's going to pay these bills? I said, I'll borrow the money to pay these bills. I don't want this government stuff. Well, you know what? They found, we found out they double-billed the government for services that we never even got. That's what the government does. And we said, we found a hospital there that said, if you'll pay up front, we'll do everything right through the hospital. I said, okay, sign us up. Do you have any money down? No. But we'll find some somewhere. Amen. You know what? The Lord has always provided. I always enjoy when New York Times comes out with how much money it takes to raise a kid in New York City. It is just hilarious to me. It's not true. It doesn't take money. But faith will get the job done. You see, the just shall not live by money. The just shall live by faith. And faith is simply being obedient to God's Word. Now, there's a reason why we sent Brother Newberger to Greenpoint to start a church. Because that's what the Bible says to do. Now the opportunities come up to get a building. And those of you that have seen the building know why I use the term terrifying faith. Amen? But that's okay. It's faith in God's Word. It's always right to obey God's Word now, isn't it? I have no idea. I have some hopes, but I have no idea where what's going to uh, come to, what we're going to need to get this building fixed, where it's going to come from. I just don't know. I have a few hopes. But you know, normally the Lord works around those things so that we get back to the first part. There's no pride. It's not me. It's the Lord. The just shall live by faith. Oh, we have an uncertain world. How many times some well-meaning preachers come up and says, "You just you're raising martyrs, brother. There's just going to be terrible things happen." Well, you know what? The Bible tells me the just shall live. Read read Romans chapter 8 this afternoon. It says, Nay, when it talks about dying and all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us so. I, I'm not going to waste time worrying about all of those things. You know why? Because I want to live. I want to enjoy the life that Jesus has given me. And the only way to do that is faith. How many of you enjoyed that Christmas Eve service? That that was just a special time. It really was. It was a great service. You know why? 
because we assembled together by faith. And Jesus let us enjoy a little bit of life. That's why we come together on Sunday morning. Same reason. Amen? Does that help you understand that faith-to-faith thing in Romans? Because when you be obedient in the things you can be obedient in, that's when God gives you a little more faith so you can be more obedient. Did you get that? You see, the purpose of faith is to conform you to His Word. And if you have a problem with conformity, I want to tell you something. You have a problem with faith. God doesn't make us blind robots. But if the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, is living in you, telling you to serve God, and He's living in me, telling me to serve God... Ought we not have some agreement without having to sit down and negotiate it first? Can we say amen to that? You see, the just shall live by faith. By the way, how many faiths are there? Read Ephesians chapter 4. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Almost done. We're trying to establish a history for the Union Baptist Church, for people that have questions on how in the world I became the pastor of this church and all of these things. And I was going through one of the bylaws. Uh, They printed a little thing and it said, Church Manual. So I opened it up. Ten reasons why I'm a Baptist. I said, man, this ought to be good. 1925, I think it was. Maybe we'll print it in the bulletin sometime. It says, the first gospel preacher was a Baptist. Matthew chapter 3, John the Presbyterian. I'm sorry, John the Baptist, amen? And it said, reason number two why I'm a Baptist is because Jesus was baptized by the first gospel preacher who was a Baptist. I I like that. I mean, it's just so simple. Why do I want something else when I can just have the Bible? Amen? We live in a terrible world. But I don't want to join the sad sack people that just sit there and cry and moan and wonder how bad it's going to get before it all falls apart. Read the book of Revelation. It gets pretty bad. I have no intention of being here for it, but it gets bad. I mean, real bad. You know what? says, the just, if you're saved, if you have Jesus living in you, you're just, shall live. I want that abundant, joyful life. But it's got to be attached to faith. What I do with my life needs to be obedient to God's Word. And you know what? I'm going to make some mistakes. I'm going to, I'm going to do things. I'm going to falter. I'm going to slip. But that's what First John 1, 9 is all about if we... Confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How can He be just to forgive us from all unrighteousness? Because He made us just the moment we got saved. And if we're going to say just, He's got to keep us clean. Amen? 
Don't carry the weight of your sin. How many of you remember Pilgrim's Progress? He was carrying the bag with all of his sin. And he finally let it go at the cross, didn't he? And he was free to walk the path. They're just. It doesn't rhyme with 2016, but that would probably be a pretty good theme for 2016, wouldn't it? The just shall live by faith. Is it your faith? Do you have it personally? It doesn't come from you. It's the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. But he wants to put a handle on it. You know, I'm still a big kid. Especially Christmas time. I I like seeing things that say, Pete, Dad, Pastor. I I just like that. Open it up, what's inside? They got me a little stick figure for Christmas. But inside of it was some money to buy a new set of coveralls to go chasing Bambi next year. Amen. I'm excited about that. Not that I'm going to get anything. I have no hope of that. But I just like sitting out in the woods all by myself pretending. Amen. Uh, Let me tell you something. God wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to live. But it's got to be connected to what's in this book. That means you've got to get saved. Baptized. Church. It means you've got to get along with people in the church. Why did it get so quiet all the time? Those are the hard things. Unless... You're living by faith. Then God makes the impossible things easy. All God's people say. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us to understand this simple statement in the Bible made four different times. The just shall live by faith. Of us in this room that has not made that faith personal. Lord, it says the gift of God is everlasting life. Lord, I pray that you would work in the hearts and lives of each one of us here. That we would be just. Lord, I pray for those struggling with life. They would see that somewhere in that progress there, whether it be pride, Whether it would be struggling to grow, whether it be dealing with sins, or whether it be despair over future and world events, Lord, that we would understand that faith is the solution to these things and that faith will drive these things out of our life and make us conform to the image of Christ. Lord, help us to understand that faith is not something we determine, but it's been determined by the words of God. We ask you to do your work in each of our lives that we could live by faith. 
that you would make this year, coming year, a year that echoes the just shall live by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.